Aljazeera podcast. Hey there, it's Malika, popping in from maternity leave to share a story with you that I worked on before I left. Here it is. The World Cup is around the corner. Hundreds of the best football players across the planet will have the honor of competing for their country. But to become one of those players requires an endless amount of dedication, hard work, and luck. Today, we're taking a break from the news for something a little bit different. We're sharing the story of one man trying to reach the top tiers of his sport. If I didn't want to become a football player, I wouldn't go to Belgium. That's Abdoulaye Diaby. He's a football or soccer player from Mali. Back in 2018, he was a rising star in his home country. But to reach the next level of his career, he had to make a sacrifice. At the age of 18, Diaby left his family, friends, and home country behind to play for one of Belgium's top teams. He's one of the many African football players to go north to try and find success. His tumultuous first year abroad is the subject of a recent film from Al Jazeera's award-winning program, Witness. They say it's going to be hard. The climate, the lifestyle, the people. I've never lived alone, far from home. So we're bringing you the ups and downs of Diaby's year in Belgium. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. To share his story, we're hearing from one of the filmmakers behind the documentary Diaby, The Away Game. I'm Benjamin Chevalier. I co-directed the documentary called Diaby with another French director, Quentin Coulon. We directed this film together. Benjamin and Quentin met Diaby in 2016. They were studying cinema in Paris at the time. And during the summer, they taught classes to young film students in Bamako, Mali's capital. We were uh, teaching classes during the day. And after classes, at the end of the afternoon, we visited a very impressive football pitch nearby our home. So we went there because we were curious. Uh, We wanted to know what was this uh, very beautiful football pitch in the middle of the city. So we asked one of the coach what team is playing here. And so this coach explained to us that it was the training center of the Joliba AC, the Joliba Athletic Club, which is basically the biggest football club in Mali, the oldest, the most prestigious club in Mali. After that first visit, they came back and got to know the coach of Joliba's team for players under the age of 17. We were just watching the games and watching the the trainings. And also, little by little, we became friends with the players. And one of those players was Abdullah Diaby, a defender for Joliba Athletic Club's youth team. Diaby's reputation was uh, rising when we met him. He was not a national star, but he was definitely a local uh, rising star, I would say. He was well known in Bamako. As Benjamin mentioned, Joliba is a prestigious club in Mali, which made Diaby famous in his hometown. So when you play in the Joliba, whether you play for the 
A-team, de B-team or the uh, youngsters team, you are a local celebrity. Everybody knows you. Uh, you walk in the street and people say hello and stuff like that. And also he was a, a local uh, star because he was playing for the under-17 national team. And that team won the African Cup of Nations in its age bracket. And in 2017, he was elected best African player of the under-17 African Cup of Nations, which was really a very strong achievement for him. As Diaby's star was rising, Benjamin and Ganton got to know him during their visits to the football pitch. And then it was the end of the summer. We came back to France, but we stayed in touch with Diaby uh, through WhatsApp. And a few months later, he told us that he had been offered a, a contract by a big European football club and so that he had the opportunity to go uh, and to play uh, soccer in, uh, in Europe, in Belgium. So we thought it was amazing and we asked him if he was okay if we film his first uh, season. He agreed and uh, that's uh, basically how it all uh, started. Diaby was being offered a place at Royal Antwerp FC, the oldest football club in Belgium's top league in 2018. For many players, it would be a dream come true. But that wasn't necessarily the case for Diaby. For me, Belgium is just a place where I can improve. It's not that I want to go there. I'd rather stay at home. Contrary to a lot of his friends and contrary to a lot of his teammates, he was not uh, dreaming about Europe. He was not fantasizing about going to Europe, living the European way of life. He was actually living a very decent life in Bamako. But still, he wanted to make a living out of his abilities as a football player. He wanted to be able to live as a football player in financial terms. It's very difficult to do that in Africa. So when he was offered this opportunity to go and play uh, in Belgium, he made a, a, a pragmatic choice. I'll earn in five years what a Malian civil servant makes in a lifetime. I'll sign a contract and other contracts until I'm 35. With that money, I'll live the rest of my life and support my children and their children. So with that pragmatism in mind, Diaby flew off to Belgium to begin his European career. I was lucky. There were a lot of us. We grew up together. We did everything together. I just got lucky. A bit more lucky. While the film obviously focuses quite a bit on Diaby's sport, some of its most compelling moments come as he talks about the difference in his quality of life after the move, especially the sense of community. Avant, I almost went crazy when I arrived. I've been here for seven months. I don't know who lives across the hall. I only see people in the lift. No hello, no how are you. Nobody cares about anybody. Imagine coming here as an immigrant, hungry, you have no money, and you don't know anyone. You're dead. In Mali, if you're hungry, we'll give you food. That's the difference between Africa and Europe. The most difficult challenge he faced when he got to Europe was the loneliness he discovered. 
In Mali, he was uh, living with his family in the same house. The house was completely open. Everybody was coming and going. Uh, and so he was always surrounded by uh, the people he loved. Consequently, when he got to Europe and he was alone in his apartment, it was very uh, difficult uh, for him. And uh, his uh, smartphone basically became his best friend. I remember he was spending more than eight, nine hours a day on WhatsApp talking to, to his friends and his family back home. That's, by the way, one of the reasons we decided to use excerpts from his WhatsApp conversation in the film, because when he got to Europe, he was living as much on his phone as he was living in the, in the real life. At the same time, Diaby was contending with some more traditional challenges, like the change in the weather from Mali to Belgium. And there was something else he struggled with, something that many other teens might relate to when moving out of their family home. What to eat? He was not even able to cook an egg, so it was completely disturbing for him. So he also had to learn to make food for himself. It's very simple, but it was also a very big challenge, actually, for him. And at first, everything he was cooking for himself was completely uh, not eatable. <laughs> so uh, it took time for him to adapt to this new uh, adult European uh, life, actually. Being a professional athlete made this transition into adulthood more complicated. He discovered that uh, being a professional football player in Europe means that your everyday life is controlled outside of the pitch. So they control what you eat, they control when you go to sleep, and they control what you drink, what you do during the weekends. Of course, you cannot go to clubs, you cannot go to, to party, otherwise your performances will not be as good. And for Diaby, it was difficult because he was a teenager. In Mali, he was eating what women were making for him. It was not always a very good nutrition. He, in Mali, it was not uncommon that he was eating uh, rice uh, for uh, from Monday to, to, to Sunday every day and without any meat or stuff like that. Not because he was poor, but just because it was like very rare to find good meat in, in Bamako. When he got to Europe and he discovered that he had to eat a certain amount of meat during a week, uh, that he had to eat fruits, that he had to eat vegetables, that it was not uh, a good thing to go uh, to uh, McDonald's or fast food or kebabs every weekend. And for a teenager, it was also difficult because he had to control himself. He was a teenager with a very controlled uh, life, with nutritionists following him. So there is a contradiction there. I don't know what to do in this town. I can't live like a European teenager. I'm focused on football. I play ball and I rest. I play ball and I rest. On top of that, Diaby wasn't finding the immediate success he expected upon his move to Belgium. First of all, he was playing for Royal Antwerp's B team. It's not the team that you'd watch on TV each weekend. It's a reserve team. And so Diaby found himself in a position he hadn't encountered before. In Mali, everybody knows me. Everybody knows what I can do. Here, nobody knows me. I have to prove who I am. So when I play, I think more about my personal performance than about the clubs. 
in Mali, he was really a rising star. He was used to be uh, the most important player of his team. He's very confident in himself. When he got to Europe, the biggest challenge in terms of uh, football was to rebuild all that. I want to move up to the A team. I just think about playing well. I only think about myself. I just want to show who I am. And every time I play, I need to outdo myself. I need to make a name for myself all over again. It was difficult because when he got to Antwerp, he had to prove himself to everybody. He had to show that he had the ability to play there. And at the beginning, he didn't play so well because the football was different. So he felt that he was not recognized as the talented football player he was. He spent the, the, the first six months uh, being on the bench, which never happened to him. So watching that change from our perspective as uh, directors was of course, uh, very uh, sad. Over the course of the documentary, the filmmakers documented some of Diaby's career lows. It's hard to watch at times. Since I was born, I've never played that badly. I've never been shown the red card. But yesterday, I got one. I'd never scored an own goal. Yesterday, I did. I know it'll get better with time. I didn't get here by accident. In the film, you can feel uh, that Diaby is uh, very strong in his head. So he managed to overcome this first moment of difficulties. Yes, his confidence in himself was shaken, but it was not destroyed. So it was hard at first, but thanks to his determination, he managed to overpass this difficult moment. Towards the end of the film, Diaby is waiting to see what the next year holds for him. Not much about his future lies in his own hands, and he makes a comparison. They gambled money on me. They said, he can play, let's buy him, we can use him. Like you buy your smartphone. If you want to sell it, you sell it. If it's damaged, you throw it away. If it's old, you throw it away. It's not that he's sad or that he's disappointed or that he's disillusioned. It's more that he became aware of what it means to be a football player in Europe. When you play for the big clubs, most of all, you're a financial asset. Eventually, Diaby was loaned to another Belgian team. Because at the end of the day, like Benjamin said, being a football player is being a financial asset. And when that loan was finished, he was transferred to yet another team in yet another country, Hungary. And while that might seem like a jarring move, Benjamin says he found more success there. He has been in this new club for a year and a half now, and it's going very well for him. Benjamin says that despite all the difficulties Diaby faced in his first year abroad, his story is a success story. We might hear about some of the star African players who move to Europe and quickly become international names, but they're a rarity. There are tons of young players who go abroad and never manage to break into an A-team, like Diaby eventually did. Filming Diaby was, uh, most of all, I think, a human experience because, yes, we made a film 
And yes, this film shows his discovery of a, of a new world in a way, but it was also the beginning of a great relationship for me. We became very good friends during the shooting. And we were actually in Budapest with Quentin two weeks ago to visit him. And we didn't have any camera gear, no microphones, nothing. We just went there to spend quality time with him. After this first moment of difficulties in Europe, he's finally getting everything together. And I'm sure that in the upcoming years, he will even go further. They say, you want to go? We want you to go. I say, okay, I'll go. Pay me and I'll go. It's to play football too, right? And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Nagin Oliai with Ruby Zaman, Amy Walters, Alexandra Locke, Chloe K. Lee, Ashish Malhotra, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Our engagement producers are Aya Al-Milek and Adam Abugad. Ney Alvarez is our head of audio. Special thanks to Adam Al-Rashidi. We'll be back 